All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, sponsored by Brewers Pizza and partnered with Big Cat Country. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. What's up, guys? It's JK3. All right, so this is an addendum episode uh, bouncing off the last episode where we kind of finished up with a couple thoughts on the Blake Bortles contract situation, Kirk Cousins, all that. Well, all that's basically a moot point at this point as it looks like Blake was just uh, renewed his contract. So, uh, Derek, to start with you, what are your initial uh, thoughts? Man, I don't know. I'm still 50-50 on this right now. Uh, you know, three years, 54, 50 million, whatever it is, 18 million a season, whatever. Um, just the fact that I guess the contract aligns with, you know, the window like you talked about earlier, Corey, with, with the, that the defense has. Not saying our defense won't continue to be good, but usually when you're this dominant, it's only about two or three years. So, you know, three-year deal kind of helps with uh, the fact that it lines up with the defense. And then also, you know, Bortles must continue to prove himself. Uh, but still, you know, no no other QBs coming in, no competition. So, uh, you know, we re-signed Henny, which I'm still shaking my head why. I don't know. So I'm 50-50 on it, man. JK3 had some, some good points that we, we texted and talked about earlier. Um, but I'm 50, 50 on it, man. It, it's one of those things where it's the perfect timing. I, I think that Bortles, you know, really got us to the AFC championship as much as you want to say it was the defense, whatever. Uh, I think Trent Dilfer still gets credited for, for, for winning, uh, you know, Baltimore Super Bowl being the quarterback of them. So it's just one of those things where he's played himself into the contract. He's earned the contract, but. I think at this point right now, it's one of those deals that makes sense for everybody. Um, and it's not just one of the deals like where everybody just wanted it to happen. It, it just kind of just happened. It's like, ah, okay, we can probably make this work right now. Um, when his surgery happened, he wasn't able to pass the physical. So they were already guaranteed to give him $19 million. And so the way this contract is, is structured, he gets... Uh, we got him under contract and then he gets the, uh, you know, he, he averages about 18 million over the next three years. I'm okay with the financials part about it. Uh, I, I just think it was a good timing, uh, about it. I'm on the fence with you, Derek, as well. I, I just can't really articulate why I'm really on the fence. I think if he plays like he played in that really good stretch, then it's definitely a value contract. But if he continues to, or or if he if he goes back to not making the decisions that he that you know led us to where we are right now, you know we're, we're still spinning our wheels. I think we all pretty much at the end of the last episode had come to the conclusion this would be the the eventual outcome that we wouldn't do anything flashy. And I think kind of the hints that you can pick up from all the statements that the team made and and Coughlin and Marone made is that it seemed to be sort of like a continuity factor, just bringing back as much of the team as possible and just adding more pieces. Uh, so from that perspective, it makes sense. But from the financial part, like JK three said, just to get into the numbers specifically. So it's a three year extension through 2020, uh, 54 million total up to 66.5 million with incentives and about 26.5 million guaranteed uh, a little bit higher, obviously than the 18 that uh, would have been guaranteed through uh, this next season. So, uh, JK3 says he's okay with it. Derek, what about you as far as the financial aspect? 
from a financial sense, it makes it makes sense. Financial aspect, it makes sense. And and here's why: if let's say they pick up the nineteen million dollar option, and he does it again, then they got to give him more money this time, than eighteen million. So, with the fact that they got other guys coming up like Ngakwe, like Ramsey, like we've talked about that they're going to need to sign. Now there'll be some money off the books, you know, cause we've already gotten rid of ivory and then, um, you know, Calais Campbell will be on the latter half of his deal. Um, and I think there'll be some other freed up money. So it makes sense to go ahead and tie him up now, take advantage. If he continues to improve, which he's trending in that direction. Um, my only thing is uh, it, it just, we're a football team. So hopefully you know, I get it's a business, but it's a football team. We as in the fans, the and and the organization, you know, it all works in one as far as you know we want to see the team succeed. Uh so it just yeah, it makes sense financially, but it better translate into some more wins. Um if he throws up another crazy season, you wanna talk about an outcry. <laughs> it's gonna be bad. Really bad. You mean, you mean like a season like prior to this past season? Like yeah. he regresses, in other words? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, oh gosh, it, it could be terrible. So I don't think that's going to happen. But let's say he, he starts throwing pick sixes again. You know, he starts doing bad. And who do we have? Henny? You mean telling me we had another draft, another free agent period, and we did nothing? Yeah. Well, I think that's what they're banking on, just like last year that uh, people questioned even before this season, including us, is. You know, why not bring in competition? But it sounds like, again, they're just going to try to keep the same team together and just add pieces. And kind of some of the stuff we talked about in the last episode, too, is how the team had rallied around him towards the end of the year. And if you guys read the statements from teammates and Marone and Coughlin, and of course, a lot of this stuff's PR, too. But it did seem like the team was was fully invested in bringing him back. What do you guys if, think? If you're fully invested in bringing him back, you're letting us know right now as fans that it's a win-now mentality. You've got three years, literally. To make this happen. Three years. Um, one, because if Blake doesn't play or if they don't go have deep playoff runs in the next three years, there's no way they're going to extend him um, You know, after this contract. So this is his second contract. Um, you've got the likes of Ngakwe coming up, Ramsey coming up that's going to need to get paid. I mean, God forbid they haven't, you know, the AR-15 situation, um, you know, they haven't taken care of him yet. Everyone's got their payday, but Allen Robinson. So maybe this is, um, you know, some type of restructuring to where they're going to, you know, put together some type of deal for him. Um, you know, either that or they bring back Colvin. However the case, however the money works out or whatever, it's a three year, you know, commitment right now. And there's win, win now mode, uh, you know, from what we take of it. Plus, you got to look at where the Super Bowl is going to be in the next three years Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Miami. In no particular order. I don't know what order it is in, but. I mean, from a fan's perspective, <laughs> three years, we need it right now. Yeah. Does that match? Because I, I just don't remember off the top of my head, but does his contract match the extensions for Marone, Coughlin, and Caldwell that were just signed? Is it the same year, endpoint, 2020? I think so. I think so. I'm not sure. Yeah, because if it is, then that basically matches that theory uh, to be exact. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, the Jags, they have a good reputation as far as financial minds in the, in the front office, um, guys that, you know, are really good at structuring these deals and these contracts. So I'm sure it's beneficial both ways. But what about, uh, from the perspective of just like Blake's, uh, his quote that he had out there that a lot of people were rallying around as him being like a team player. Like, what did you guys think about that? You think that buys him any uh, credibility at all with the, the locker room and whatnot? It, it, it has because. If you look at, you know, you talk about PR and all that and, you know, you know, the, the, the team trying to get the players to rally around Bortles. Um, I, I forget who it was. Who was it? Malik Jackson. You know, he made those, uh, that comment, you know, in the locker room. Um, I think it was, uh, Clowney and Malik Jackson had some, you know, words for him. I think, uh, do I have the right situation? Uh, no, it was the guy for Tennessee. Jarrell, yeah. Jarrell Tennessee. Yeah. But yeah, like Clowney, yeah, Clowney did say he was so, trash. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, Clowney too. Lots of people you, last year, it seemed like. But if you look at Malik Jackson when he was talking, that wasn't PR trying to be nice or whatever. He, he was not happy. He was he was a little bit ticked off. And that right there is what you need. You need your leaders like like Jackson, like Smith, like Paz. You know, they, they're speaking positively in the locker room in their own inner sanctum, as well as with the media saying, look, we're behind them. If you don't like it, then you just need to get ready and enjoy these butt kickings we're about to give other teams. So um, that right there, I think, has bought, you know, bought, you know, he had already bought his way and earned his way. And now with, you know, the contract and hopefully getting to work this summer, uh, he'll continue to improve on that because if he can get you know, the whole team to rally around him for an entire season and play with high confidence and not turn the ball over. That's insane. We, we could be, we could be scary. I heard Chris Sims is still talking crap. Do you guys see that? He's, he, he's out of, what, what does that, what does that even matter? I mean, is it <laughs> like, like, like big Baselli just said, like you literally almost died on the football field. Like you should not be talking, uh, you know, anything, but I, I, I think the deal, the, the crazy thing about the deal was like how the, the pieces worked. I mean, cause you see in this day and age, most of the times a quarterback is going to get, you know, that hundred million dollar contract or get paid something, you know, just crazy. And I think with his quarter, with his, uh, with his contract right now, I think it's in the middle of the pack of a lot of the other quarterbacks. I think his, his contract right now is like either like 16th, 16th or 17th. And, and, you know, as far as it ranks and on the pay scale of starting quarterbacks. Uh, and, and then another thing too, it's like to his advantage, it's like, okay, so you're, you automatically, you're, you're going to owe me $19 million. And if you let me walk, you're going to bring in, a draft, a draftee and expect for someone to like catch fire like Dak Prescott did like two years ago, or you're going to ride with Chad. <laughs> I mean, it, it was one of those things where it was literally like the right timing for every type of situation. Plus, if, if Bortles leaves Jacksonville, I mean, Cleveland, where's he going to go? Like, yeah, I think this pretty much confirms that he's sticking around. I think they committed to him with all the quotes, especially, especially Coughlin's quote. That was the the final commitment. I feel like just to say that we're rolling with him this this year and the next couple of years, barring anything crazy happening. Hey, he is between Tannehill and Bradford. Oh, contract wise, yeah, he's right between those two, and then you got Brady after you know or before Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning. Roethlisberger, Wilson, Rogers, Flacco, 
cousins don't count because he'll be higher up there. Breeze, Luck, yeah. Carr, Stafford, and Garoppolo. So I'd be curious if this is comparable to what he would have gotten in the market. Because just based on the quote and the thing with the agent and him wanting to do what's best for the team, the indication is, is that it's less than what he would have received if he hit free agency. Oh, yeah, he would have been a high-paid backup. Someone would have picked that contest. Someone would have paid him probably a, a little bit less, uh, you know, just just to ride the pile. So you get the start. You get the starting, you know, moniker, uh, you know, attached. You still get to keep the the same, you know, uh, familiar familiarity with the the playbook, uh, familiarity with the team. You still got the same pieces. Um, you got your your two running backs now, T.J. Yeldon and uh, Fournette. Or Fournette and Yeldon, however you want to say it. Corey Grant is still a wild card, which you know is there. And you, you offload Ivory, hopefully to to get the cap room, you know, saved to either I don't know, probably probably sign AR or sign Colvin. I I don't know where they're gonna go with that, but you know, there's it, it it worked out good for everybody. I just hope that we can continue to have this year's Blake, like even the good and the bad part of this year with Blake Bortles. I really wish we could if if we can continue to keep that as long as you don't go back to lat like the year before last like where he was throwing interceptions off people's feet pick six Bortles you know if we stay away from that we have a combined you know have this this year's Blake and um, a couple years ago Blake when they when Allen Robinson you know went to the playoffs or excuse me to the Pro Bowl then yeah I, I think it'll be I think it'll be a good move. All right, so uh, I guess we'll leave it there and uh, be back later this week uh, to talk about the combine that I think we said starting on Tuesday, right? Does that sound right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's the the, men- the mental evaluation is where they ask you if you walked into a bar and saw a piece of free bubble gum on the on the bar, would you take it or <laughs> would you leave it? <laughs> I heard they asked stuff like, "Tell us about your parents' divorce. How did it make you feel?" Is that have you heard that before? Uh, the best story that I've heard was the one with Des Bryant when I guess his mom was a working girl, and you guys can take that. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. What are your What were your feelings on that? Okay, so we'll leave it there. We'll be back later this week. Uh, we again appreciate you guys for listening, and if you are on Apple Podcasts, just one more time, if you could do us a favor and leave a rating and review, preferably five stars, and uh, also subscribe, so that way you make sure that you can get all the new episodes. So we'll uh, cut it there, and we'll talk to you guys later this week. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat mother of three, and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.